Welcome to episode 24 of Mike's Notes. Today, five lessons from Warren Buffett. So much has been written about Warren Buffett and on Warren Buffett and by Warren Buffett that I really didn't feel like I had to contribute anything to the conversation. Buffett's letters for the Berkshire Hathaway Company are famous. There's so many books written about him by people close to him and far from him that are speculating. And I definitely fall in that later group where anything that I would write about Buffett would be mostly speculation. But I got the idea for this post when I was listening to marriage advice from a Navy SEAL. I was on a morning run listening to the Jocko Willink podcast, and he's talking about the flanking strategy and how that idea applies to different situations. Flanking is a strategy or a technique not to attack an entrenched position, but to go around to the side and come in from an unexpected way. Someone that follows Jocko Willink asked him about how this applies to marriage. And as he was giving advice about marriage, it was all really good, but none of it was new. I understood the smallness of fights. I understood how inconsequential most of the arguments with my spouse are. But I didn't apply the flanking strategy, even though I knew what it was, even though I understood the idea of not going head-to-head or attacking an entrenched position and the value of going around it, but I still didn't do it. I had the knowledge, but I failed to apply the knowledge. And that's when I realized, after I had watched this Warren Buffett video that we're going to take apart today, that I should do a podcast on it, because I should do it for me and I should do it for you, because good decisions, aspects of good decisions, techniques for making good decisions are timeless and we should always welcome a chance to remind ourselves of what those things are. From diet to marriage to kids to work to friends, we have behaviors that are habits and we have behaviors that aren't habits. Buffett's advice applies not only to financial investments, but also serve as a proxy that represents other areas of our lives, and in that we can always apply. So in the same way that I needed a reminder about the flanking strategy and using that in different situations, like my marriage, we can also take these things that Buffett speaks about and be reminded of them so we can apply it to the different situations. So here are five things that Buffett said in a 2012 CBS interview that we're going to break apart today. One. I, I have every possession I want, and I have, a, I have a lot of friends who have a lot more possessions, but in some cases I feel the possessions possess them rather than the other way around. That's the best audio quality that we're going to get today, but it's not so much about the quality of the audio as the quality of the words. And Buffett is a man that famously keeps a low overhead. He lives in Omaha, Nebraska because he likes it there, because the cost of living is low, because he's away from the cacophony that exists in New York City and on Wall Street. He drives the same car for years and years and years. He's worked out of the same office building for years and years and years. And Keeping a low overhead has allowed him to do other things. Jay Leno had this same experience when he was coming up. When Leno was an early comedian, his goal mostly was to just go ahead and practice being a comedian. 
Leno had a job as a mechanic that paid the bills, so he was able to take risks. He was able to experiment with things as a comedian. This is what he told Judd Apatow. Quote, well, I was also a Mercedes-Benz mechanic at the time. I didn't have any expenses. I didn't have any lifestyle to maintain. I liked doing it. I would drive hundreds and hundreds of miles to work for free for four or five minutes. I didn't know if I would ever really make a living at it. End quote. Leno got in his experience. He got his 10,000 hours at being a stand-up comedian because he had a low overhead. Expenses equal responsibility, and responsibility means a loss of flexibility. Each thing you have to do is one less thing that you can do. Tech companies often call this idea runway, and as soon as companies start to talk about how much runway they have left, the chances are is that company is often headed in the wrong direction. Buffett has avoided that because he's kept a low overhead, and that's helped him succeed. 2. Ted Williams described in his book, The Science of Hitting, that the most important thing uh, for a hitter is to wait for the right pitch. And that's exactly the philosophy I have about investing. Wait for the right pitch. Yeah, and wait for the right, uh, wait for the right deal. And, and it will come. It's the key to investing. Waiting for the right pitch is the key to investing because Warren Buffett knows that timing matters. Getting the timing and the conditions and everything else right is really important. One of Buffett's most famous investments is in the Coca-Cola company. And that's a case where he and Charlie Munger really found a situation that was perfect. It has what Munger likes to call Lollapalooza effects. Coke was an established brand. They had a low cost of raw materials. They had excellent managers. They had distribution. They had all of these factors together. And one of those factors that was really important was good timing. We saw this in episode 22 of this podcast when we looked at Milton Hershey, who took advantage of Civil War reconstruction efforts to build a distribution infrastructure for caramel and then chocolate. Part of the reason that the railroads and the other roads and the interstate commerce that existed for Milton Hershey was because of the Civil War. If someone had tried to come along and create this national brand like Hershey's or Wrigley's or Coke, which were all started in the same era, they would have had trouble had they been 10, early, 10 years too early or 10 years too late because timing matters. When Barbara Corcoran of Shark Tank fame talked with James Altucher, this is what she said, quote, my asset was terrible years for New York. I had the luckiest timing of any kid in the world because I happened to land in New York at its darkest hour, end quote. So Corcoran also got lucky with her timing in that she was able to buy properties when they were depressed. She was able to buy at the bottom and sell at the top. Percy Fawcett missed exploration of some of the most interesting parts of the Amazon because of World War I. Teddy Roosevelt got into politics because of a scandal. Tony Hawk started his skate company when advertising was really cheap and there wasn't much competition. Timing matters. Good timing helps a lot. Three. If, if you leave the Notre Dame locker room, there's a sign, you know, play like a champion today. And, and all the players touch that as they go out on the field. And I figure with Notre Dame's record, you know, who am I, who am I not to, to argue with that as we just touch this every morning when we come in? Here, Buffett is talking about a sign that's in his office that says, invest like a champion. And it's in the same font and color as the Notre Dame sign. 
play like a champion. The idea that I liked most about what Buffett is saying here is that you don't always need to understand the details of something. You don't have to have a theoretical or a top-down understanding of how something works. If something works, you can just keep doing it. This is the cousin to Nassim Taleb's idea of teaching birds to fly. And in the introduction to the book Lecturing Birds on Flying by Pablo Triana, Taleb writes this, quote, The biggest myth I've encountered in my life is as follows, that the road from practical know-how to theoretical knowledge is reversible. In other words, that theoretical knowledge can lead to practical applications, just as practical applications can lead to theoretical knowledge. After all, this is the reason we have schools, universities, professors, research centers, homework, exams, essays, dissertations, and the strange brand of individuals called economists. Yet, the strange thing is that it is very hard to realize that knowledge cannot travel equally in both directions. It flows better from practice to theory, but to understand it, you have to have non-theoretical knowledge. And people who have non-theoretical knowledge don't think of these things. Indeed, if knowledge flowed equally in both directions, then theory without experience should be equivalent to experience without theory, which is not the case. End quote. That's a really Talibian description of what he's trying to say. But his big angle is that you have to be a doer of things. You have to learn about things by doing them. And then if you develop a theory after the fact, that's fine. So Talib might look at Buffett's office and say, okay, you can invest like a champion if you're going to make good investments, rather than the other way around of thinking about what abstract successful investing is and doing that thing. A personal example comes from this recent paleo craze that our family has gotten into. We read the book It Starts With Food, which lays out the paleo-style diet and explains in all the details about insulin, carbohydrates, and where exactly vitamin C comes from. The beautiful thing is that you don't really need to know everything in this book to have a successful dietary change. Replace soda with water, candy bars with Swiss chard, and rice with cauliflower, and you get the results without any of the theoretical knowledge. You can just be a practitioner. Eat vegetables, and you'll be all set. And that's what Buffett's found here in this Notre Dame sign. He's found the practical application without the theoretical mumbo-jumbo. Four. Not, not in my office. I'm working on the abacus now, and if I get that bastard, we'll go to the multiplication tables. Well, there's hope for you yet. The phone seems to be the principal instrument there. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is the principal instrument, that and, and the pile of reading material. It's just a question of kind of gathering facts, which come in mostly via print, and then thinking about them. And if, if I can make one good decision a year, you know, we'll do okay. Here we hear Buffett talking about the ends. He doesn't have a computer on the desk in his office because his main job is to figure out what different patterns are, which will be the next number that we look at. But Buffett has focused on having the right tools at hand. When Twitter came out, Seth Godin looked at it and was intrigued. And then he asked himself, will Twitter make me better at the things I want to be good at? For Godin, the answer was no. And that's why he doesn't have much of a Twitter account. 
Our problems crop up when we think we need the perfect tool. Ryan Holiday said, quote, people overestimate the perfect optimized thing, end quote. Filmmaker Casey Neistat is constantly reminding aspiring filmmakers that the gear doesn't matter. B.J. Novak writes his jokes in Microsoft Word. Malcolm Gladwell uses Microsoft Word for his books too. We don't need to fall in love with technology. And often if we fall in love with technology, we're casting our gaze on the wrong area. We're missing the work. Director Christopher Nolan gave an interview where he said, quote, Well, I've never used email because I don't find it would help me with anything I'm doing. I just couldn't be bothered about it, end quote. Author Neil Stevenson had something very similar to say when he wrote on his blog why he's a bad correspondent. Quote, the productivity equation is a nonlinear one. In other words, this accounts for why I am a bad correspondent and why I very rarely accept speaking engagements. If I organize my life in such a way that I get lots of long, consecutive, uninterrupted time chunks, I can write novels, end quote. So Stevenson has found that his best work, the thing that he should be doing, is writing novels. And so he needs long interrupted times for that. Buffett has found that the best thing he needs to be do is reading annual reports over and over and over again. And he needs to not have a computer because that doesn't help with the thing. B.J. Novak found that he needs to be writing jokes. So the best way for him to write jokes is to jot down ideas in a notebook and then transcribe them into Microsoft Word. Each of these individuals has found that the tools don't matter. What matters is what comes from the tools. 5. Yeah, Charlie, I've been reading IBM's annual report literally every year for 50 years. And then this year I saw something that sort of clicked in terms of adding to my feeling of confidence and uh, so we spent 10 plus billion. <laughs> Buffett is a master at pattern recognition. Can you imagine reading IBM's annual reports for 50 years? The good thing is, is that you can. You can catch up because pattern recognition is a superpower. It gives you the ability to time travel because when you see patterns, you save time. And when you save time, you decrease the opportunity costs and you save money. This is such a big idea that it comes up again and again with Warren Buffett. At the 2016 Berkshire Hathaway meeting, he said this about pattern recognition. Quote, Pattern recognition gets very important in evaluating humans and businesses, and pattern recognition isn't 100%, but there are certain things in businesses we've seen over and over. You're going to see chain letters the rest of your life, end quote. So Buffett has noted that beyond just IBM, he sees the same things in businesses and people over and over again, and he can avoid the bad ones, and he can double down on the good ones. That is, he can wait for the right pitch, if he has good pattern recognition. Fellow investor, but on the venture capital side, Andy Weissman said something very similar about pattern recognition. Quote, if we were good at starting companies, we would start companies. We're not good at starting companies, so we don't. We don't want to be involved in the running of the business. We can provide a good level of service because we have seen lots of different types of businesses at lots of different types of stages, and we have good pattern recognition that provides frameworks for how to support the decisions entrepreneurs need to make, end quote. So pattern recognition is really valuable because it gets you in the right direction 
faster and with less costs. Hopefully this reminder has been as helpful for you as it was for me in making it. Number one, keep your overhead low in your personal and professional lives to maintain flexibility. Two, use what flexibility you have at the right moments. Three, don't worry about always understanding. Sometimes you just need to do it. Four, value good work over good tools. And five, you too can be a superhero. Pattern recognition is your superhero power. Thanks for listening to episode 24 of Mike's Notes. Very nice. Thank you very much. Now, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? It's leave, you idiot. Make like a tree and leave. You sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. All right, then, leave. And take your book with you.